Welcome to Tech Thursday. This is the second episode of our podcast, um, uh, which you can find on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you want. Here with me is Clive Brinka today, who is a really, really, really good uh, cinematographer, right? Or director of photography. In short, DP. Do you like that title? Um, yes, why not? <laughs> At the end of the day, it's, it's, right about yeah. it's not about titles. Are you really a fan of Tech Thursdays? Because I realize that you comment on each episode. Uh, yes, pretty much. You know, the moment you go with, uh, welcome to Tech Thursdays, you know, that's where you get me. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but are you a tech person? I am a tech person. I'm not the obsessive type such that I have to always have like the latest technology, of course. But I, I mean, the technology obviously interests me. But what about when it comes to filmmaking, technology in filmmaking? Yeah, I mean, you have to, to, you, you have to be up to date with technology because it's obviously so, so fast paced. You know, the technology is always evolving every year, basically. Um, so obviously you have to be, whether you like it or not, kind of. But why do you say whether you like it or not? Don't you like it kind of thing? Uh, I do, but I mean, very, I mean, there are many DPs, which maybe even, especially the older ones, which are not too keen, you know, on technology, obviously. So, so I mean, not everyone, I guess, likes technology. Uh, yeah, some people course. love of the course. traditional way of filmmaking. Of course, which is beautiful, by the way, on a film, you can yes, get yes, the, yes. no matter how Many, how much dynamic range you have on digital yeah. cameras. I mean, yeah. nothing can Even especially when it comes to lighting, obviously, with the LED revolution, you know, some yeah. people uh, yeah. find it hard to accept filming with LEDs, you know, because mm -hmm. they want to stick to their tungstens and the HMIs, which, which I can be a headache. Some... However, yes, right? of course, of course. <laughs> so, yeah, while embracing technology, obviously, yeah. it has his, uh, it has its problems. But um, uh, myself personally, and here at Video Cafe, we like to adapt very much, yes. um, accept technology as soon as possible, and move forward with that. Um, however, I totally understand the classic filmmaker who obviously has his heart tied to film, and. Um, what you get with film, I mean, that feeling, that mm -hmm. warm feeling. Can't be replicated. And can't, yeah. Almost. It's yeah. true. Um, it, it can be very difficult to replicate. Mm -hmm. If you notice when you come in here, um, in our offices here, our studio space, uh, you realize that we have some, some vintage cameras yeah. <laughs> um, and projectors. And one of the things that we want to do eventually is to test them out and actually film with a film camera, if you know what I mean. Okay. Um, so... Do they actually work, those? Not all of them. I know that the one on the right works, which is the Kodak, Carlos. Uh -huh. That's Super 16 or...? Um, it's Super 16, yeah. No, not Super ah, okay. 35, both of them. Oh. So I can call them the consumer yeah. kind of film cameras, if you know what the I Kodak mean. The Kodak just released a, a new modernized version of the Super 16. That's cool, but I, I didn't find it. Uh, I'm not sure, because they announced it and then it got delayed. And then uh, there's ordered. something about sure. it, right? It's, it's quite expensive for a toy, to be honest. It's uh, true. But That's I true. mean, if you want to shoot, uh, it's got some, uh, I don't remember to be honest, but it's got some modern features, which uh, uh, an original Super 16 doesn't. Yeah. But that's the advantage of this, basically. However, I realized that this Kodak camera, I think they launched it as a concept. 
I'm not 100% sure right. Yes, that's a couple of years ago, but no, I believe the project is, has relaunched, but I could be wrong. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Because I was looking for it, to be honest. Okay. Because um, I find it interesting, but I couldn't find it. So, so okay. that's why I'm saying this. Anyway, Kodak were big players and are still... Are they still yeah. uh, big players? Yeah. When, yeah, when mean, it comes to color grading and stuff, they try to... I mean, probably, I mean, they're, they're nowhere near, you know, uh, as big as they used to be, but... Obviously, but obviously there's still obviously there's still Kodak around. Of course, and doing photography, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. and film. Both photography and film, yes. Yeah, uh, both uh -huh. of them. So, uh -huh. so anyone who is interested in uh, filming on film mm -hmm. can buy film stocks. Do you yes. call them film stocks, yes. by the way? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you can buy film stocks from Kodak. I think they're making Kodak. a comeback. Actually, obviously, it's limited because it's super expensive to to, to shoot film. Obviously, mm -hmm. but uh, film photography is also like I mean, made a huge comeback recently. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you can see even on Instagram and yeah. <laughs> popular <laughs> social media yeah. sites, even with the young, uh, with the younger yeah. audience. Today we're talking and we're addressing people who are interested, by the way, in video content and more specifically in filmmaking, because as I said, Clive is very much um, into the film world. What have you been doing lately, Clive? Uh, recently, I mean, to be honest, lots of, uh, commercials, music videos, and also short films, you know, so short um, uh, feature last October, I believe. Yeah. So a little bit of everything, to be honest, at the moment. Is the short feature published anywhere? No, no, not yet, not yet. All right. Yet. Not All right, yet. so it was shown it's in a small theater, no, kind no, of an not, indie no, production. No, it's not, not even ready yet. Oh, all right. So you can't say anything about no, it. Long no, so no, short. No. All right. All right. But I've seen that you've done something last year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm talking about last year, last November or October. All right. Okay. Yeah. So that's the same yes, film that yes, hasn't yes. been released. No, 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 no. All right. Okay. Interesting. Um, uh, if anyone wants to follow Clive Brinkat, um, I think they can see a snippets on your Instagram. Yeah, sure. Of, uh, of, of uh -huh. the behind the scenes of that, right? Uh, I don't think I posted anything, to be honest. So I saw something else. Oh, probably someone else posted something, but I, I mean, Might I don't, I haven't posted it in a while, to be honest. <laughs> don't worry about it. I get it because we're all the time creating yeah. stuff, you know, yeah. and uh, editing and it's so time consuming even to do these episodes. It's really hard for us. I was mm -hmm. talking to Clive before we started how, how difficult it can be to be able to focus on editing while at the same time organizing podcasts mm -hmm. and stuff. But anyway, I'm sure that the film world can be really complicated, especially with all this new technology. But I'm really curious to see what's your favorite tech on set? Um, I mean, usually I, the camera has to be the favorite tech, but there are various other accessories like light meter, color meter, which we've got them here, and also uh, various apps, which makes our life so much easier nowadays. What apps do you have on your iPhone, on your home screen? Because that saves screen. because that saves a lot on a on a person. To be honest, it's very standard. What I have on my on my it's just basic everyday like Google Calendar, email, Google Maps, Instagram. Um, that's it, basically. But do you WhatsApp. have Facebook there? I only have Facebook. 
for the sake of it. I of use Messenger together, yeah, just it. to speak to a handful of people in Messenger because nowadays everyone uses yeah, WhatsApp. Yeah, WhatsApp. Um, even us with clients, yeah. I find myself uh, WhatsApp, on WhatsApp um, yeah. most of the time. And then email for less urgent matter. Yeah. Um, yeah, we always like to touch base on uh, what apps our guests yeah. use because I think it's very interesting. Uh, us, we have, I have Notion, which we use a lot. Um, have you heard about Notion? Not really. Um, it's a really cool software which keeps everything really organized. So okay. uh, at Video Cafe, we use it a lot. It's like having an office um, online. I think my favorite apps would be Artemis Pro. Have you used Artemis? No, I don't know. Oh, okay. Light meter also? No, 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 no. Cause, All right. <laughs> right. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I, I do have a light meter. Are you referring to a similar similar app. yeah yeah definitely yes, yes. definitely yes there's also app like i'm not sure if it's this one or another one where you can actually put the buy at dome which you can attach it oh. to the iphone all oh, right that's cool yeah. and have a proper reading yes it's or as close similar. as it's good yes i mean it's quite it's quite it's quite okay to be mm -hmm. honest i mean if i mean a light a basic light meter like this costs i don't know like 600 or 700 euros so yeah. if you want something much cheaper uh -huh. you know you can everyone has a phone so of course, it's and, much more accessible. And for anyone out there who doesn't know what a light meter is, well, uh, light meter, to be honest, uh, it's basically used to measure light. Basically, now to be honest, I don't think, especially the younger filmmakers, I don't think many people use it anymore. To be honest, because um, uh, most people use waveforms or false colors as well nowadays. Yeah, yeah. But for me, I love using a light meter. Uh, alongside these measuring tools uh, because it gives you more accurate data no uh, false color is very accurate to be honest it's not that but um, first of all i just love using it when i have the time and second and foremost it's got some advantages which false color can't give you for example it's not super rare that you're on set beforehand especially if you're a gaffer and you need to start lighting, right? Mm -hmm. Now, if you don't have a camera in place because, I don't know, like camera could be filming some other place or you're pre-rigging like a day before, um, if you don't have camera, how, how are you going to expose, you know? Yeah. You either yeah. have to leave everything for the day, for the, set, the day when you're shooting or else you have a light meter and you can get, you know, quite close to, you know? Yeah. Yeah, to it. Exactly. You and can basically light without a camera. Correct me if I'm wrong. False color depends a bit on the monitor you're using also. I mean, every monitor has its own kind of... Because some, some false color... Yes, yes. To be own. honest, I, I use small HD um, Yeah, even us. And that was... Um, but theoretically, I mean... They are quite similar. You can have every false I mean, every monitor I ever used. Yeah, yeah, it did quite, the job. Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. You can also check, check the false color with the like uh, compare the false color to the light meter. I mean, mm -hmm. just to make sure, you know, that, that makes sense. That's why it makes sense to have something yes. like this. Then, yeah, some cameras, for example, have slight different middle gray, so it might not be, you know, so you have to calibrate, you know, to, right. to match. But um, but theoretically, yes, you can yeah. check. Yeah. If your false color is on point specifically with a light meter as well. Of course, of course. And what other tech you have here? Um, a color meter, which is very similar to the 
to the light meter, but obviously it measures uh, uh, the temperature of the All light. Right. All right, cool. Which is it's 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 very important because of the LED also, right? Um, I yeah, think especially the, when the accuracy in them. Yes, especially for example, let's say you're filming, um, I don't know, in a factory, an office block. It's a huge space where you're gonna have to use at least in the background some of the you know house ceiling lights. Um, usually uh, lighting fixtures like actual actual lights not film lights uh, usually might have some weird color shifts in mm -hmm. them obviously mm -hmm. and they're they're not i mean the quality is not up to because part obviously to yeah lights, right? you're not in 100 percent control exactly of your lighting exactly. Goes so the time. when you get to put your lights in it would be best to match them as close as possible obviously both in terms of temperature and tint yeah so yeah. that's why this could be handy, basically. All right, All right. that's cool. That's cool. And yes. is there an app for it also? An app? Um, to be honest, the light meter I have here actually gives you kind of um, gives you a meter reading if you want to test it. Uh, let's just do this. So it says that this light is six thousand Kelvin, for example. Uh -huh. Let me uh, check with check this. with that. Because uh -huh. if I'm not mistaken, it's on six five six. Okay, just so you know, mm -hmm. uh, sometimes lights tend to not, sometimes, not all of yeah, them, yeah. tend to not be accurate, you know, all you right. might think you're at 5.6, but you're at 6,000. All right, yeah. It yeah. could be uh, that the light is that, or it could be that over time, LED just, you know, degrades in quality. All right, okay, all right, good to know, yeah. good to know. So, you so what affects, if it degrades in quality, it, could, it, affect, yes, it could, yeah, affect could affect the output. The the tint, uh, the tint, even that the color, the right. color shift basically. Which you can correct in color grading. Yes, but ideally, ideally. Okay, so let's say you rent a bunch of equipment. It's a very important job and you want, you know, <laughs> to do the best job possible. One thing you can do with the color meter is test all the lights beforehand. And let's say this light has, you know, has some green tint mm -hmm, to it, mm -hmm, you know, what mm -hmm. you can do is take a note down and you know that every time you're going to run this light, you're going to have to do a yeah. plus one eight, right. plus one eight green, sorry, or whatever right. round. Exactly. So you basically to make up for and it. calibrate and usually you have a pouch and you put it with the stand wherever that makes that stand sense. is. Yeah. That's kind of, you know, yeah. the reason. So I was going to check here. Which is this is this indicates a five 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 that five might be the case to be honest. which is hundred k off right. five six and right. hundred uh, right. kelvin right. is the relevant right. so right. basically right. Yeah. the reason why the hundred kelvin is because you put probably diffusion on diffusion all tends right. to okay. warm the uh -huh. light That's depends on right. what diffusion some might warm hundred right. kelvin some even three hundred depends right. or more depends on what you put so, so this so is basically very accurate light and. So obviously the app was off. Of course, but of course. Uh, obviously it's still it's still okay. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can still, still okay do the job at least. Obviously this is like super expensive. It's not worth it. Worth kind of thing. getting depends on what you do, but it's, uh -huh. this is I think like this is like free app or I don't know or maybe like ten euros. I don't yeah. remember. Yeah, and I this remember. I would cost it. like around the region of one thousand eight hundred or so. All right, I never had one of those to be honest with you, um, and it's 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 quite important. Uh, yeah, so we were saying and talking about color shift and stuff like that. Um, one of the things, especially for filmmakers who are starting out out there, um, to to take note of is your tint of your ND, 
right? Because ah, yes. and these can have a particular yes. tint. Uh-huh. Uh, what do you suggest there? Um, uh, first of all, to buy a good ND. Yes, unfortunately, um, ND, any type of glass really, tend to be ridiculously expensive, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone, every piece of ND glass, a proper one costs like around 600 euro. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm sure now there are some cheaper versions which, which still perform good, and obviously the problem is you need multiple of you can't just have one. Uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> so problem. it's it's yeah. quite an <laughs> expense. So luckily, I think we live in a time where, uh, for example, there are quite affordable cameras like an FX6, which has an internal ND. Um, you might still need to purchase some additional ND because mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm. it's got like I think three different stops yes it has but still it helps a lot of course of course which is quite rare to be honest to have inbuilt NDs in new cameras for some reason Uh, right not i mean it's definitely rare in like the price point of an fx6 for example Uh Uh, yeah that price point yeah exactly um which is ten thousand no i think an fx6 would cost only around like five thousand five thousand all right interesting yeah yeah. So, so in that range, you won't really find much cameras with a built-in well, ND. Actually, I have a Zcam which had an internal ND, which is a smidge um, cheaper. Uh-huh. So I think they're starting to crop up. I all guess. right, all right, all right. Yeah, I mean, that's the good part of uh-huh. tech then, that <laughs> it's, it's uh, going but, so uh, fast. Listen, I do have like, uh, so there's another issue with ND, especially when you're, um, when you're shooting outdoors, it's infrared, so... Obviously, there's a sun mm-hmm. emitting infrared, so which sometimes could comini- contaminate your your image. So obviously, uh, you need uh, IR and the, yeah. which is basically a cut. Yeah, it cuts the infrared light waves. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Interesting topic. We can keep on going about that, mm-hmm. but I mm-hmm. decided to get one of uh, the most interesting um, tech that people want to see and okay. that you like, which is the camera. Oh, okay, sure. The camera. Yeah, this is my first camera. Which is an? Uh, it's an ATD, right? Yips. Uh, yeah. Can it's an ATD. I um, think I bought that in like 2018 or so. Uh, it was my first camera, obviously not this lens. I had the this standard 18 to 55 millimeter with it? lens. With a Which comes with it, package. probably. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yes, it comes yeah. with it. Like what basically with like 1,000 euro, I had a whole package, basically. Uh-huh. Um, it was quite a good camera, actually. It was the time where Sony 7 III came out, so obviously. Yeah, of course, they were competing. Oh, yeah, but the Sony was way more advanced, know, advanced. at that time. Yes. Yeah. Like the Sony shoots like HD, while Sony shot 4K. All right. All right. So. And uh, since you're mentioning brands, uh, which brand do you think at this stage is doing the most advanced advancements in filmmaking? Um, I mean, Ari is Ari, obviously it's useless then, but I think Sony are impressive at the moment with their, with their, you know, Image sensors, al- eh? always like, uh, I mean, inventing, like I think the, the wheel, uh, sorry, inventing the wheel. Yes, yes, yes. So many new, like new features coming out like on their, on their cameras. Uh, also, I mean, the, the new red is kind of impressive, mm-hmm. I think, Victor? um, I think those are the two. That the three, sorry, brands which obviously stand out. It's true. Um, and you mentioned that you started off with Canon. Yes. Now, 
Where are we at? Uh, I'm currently mostly shooting with the red. Five years after, we're saying? Um, well, technically, I got the red last year, so four years after. Four years thing. after yes. you started, yes. exactly. Uh, so, by the way, keep a note, guys, uh, never... Never discourage yourself, yeah. um, uh, you know, from from achieving uh, your goals. If you want to be a filmmaker, um, um, Clive, first of uh -huh. all, can be a good to uh, a good uh, professional to talk to. Uh, secondly, an example um, uh, for anyone who wants to, you know, mm -hmm. make a leap within five yeah. years. So basically, basically, I started with the Canon. Like a year after I got the, I jumped into Sony. Everyone was shooting mm -hmm. Sony mm -hmm. back then. The A7 III was, I think, yeah. one of the most yeah. popular cameras. We had it, ever. you had it, everyone. everyone had, I still everyone have it, it somewhere, so, so, yeah. somewhere there. But Then, uh, when I was, I started to get more interested in like uh, narrative stuff, uh, you know, so I wanted to go for a more like, like a cinema camera. And yeah. I got like, a Z cam mm -hmm. uh, and an F6, which was a perfect camera to get into that sort of productions. It was, I think, so at that time I wanted to buy a Komodo, but the Komodo, the supply was horrible. Yeah, it fact, was a mess. Uh, we got the Komodo and we had to wait. At COVID times? If I'm not mistaken, was it at COVID times? I forgot about that. I think so. But I know it's, be, it's been with us for two years for sure. So it might be right after or at COVID okay. times. And yeah, so, yeah I remember I, a I long got waiting probably time. Probably before. I got this yeah, before so. you. I think so. And I think that so. was even a worse time when I wanted to. Oh, really? It. So, uh -huh. to be honest, uh, looking back, looking back, I'm, I'm happy I got a Zika instead of a Komodo because uh, Komodo has got very powerful raw mm -hmm, mm -hmm. done. With the Z cam, you have to be more accurate about everything because you have yeah. less flexibility in posts. All right, so, so I, know it it, I see what you're getting to, to, It helped me kind of push and notice certain, you know, Detail. details, which probably if I got uh, a Komodo right then, I might have not overlooked, no, because but, in but the I end, you, you know, in the end, you, you're never going to do miracles in post, but That's still, true. you know, it, it helps a lot. I get what you're saying, because I think that it's something that uh, I can't say that to we fall into as such. We wanted something compact, which yes. doesn't limit Very us. Very small, like this. Yeah, <laughs> that's why. Though. So it's compact. It shoots raw. And as you're saying, it, yeah, you afford to do some uh -huh. kind of, not mistakes as such, but you, you can kind forgiving, of... Slightly yeah, more slightly forgiving. Slightly more forgiving. Know? Especially when we're in scenarios where we're, f we're filming documentary. Because oh, of that's our forte, yes. documentary. Yes. That's what we do most here. And in documentary, um, you don't always have control, have control over lighting. <laughs> yes. Usually we're filming in either natural light or we need to quickly set up good light, obviously. Um, um, but, 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 yeah, we need to start filming to capture the moment most of the time, even if it's an interview. Uh, so, so, yeah, the, the, the red was the right fit for us and it was uh, something really good for us to have raw files to play around with. Not good for the amount of storage we guys need. But to be honest, I think it's got an ELQ mode, which the, it's, true. the um, it's, it's quite efficient with very small file sizes. Have you tried that? Uh, to be honest, no, I haven't. So basically, if you don't have it, you just need a firmware update. 
All right, okay. It's time for a firmware update, Carlos. Because <laughs> usually Carlos here behind the scenes is... I don't want the Commodore, so we haven't done a firmware update in quite a long time. Did we? Or maybe it's there and we haven't somehow yeah. um, uh, noticed it. So yeah, where do you find it? Where do you find it? Do you know that? By where heart? do you find what? The ELQ settings. It's just underneath when you check, you oh, really? check the compression settings. Oh, so really? you got All HQ, right. LQ uh-huh. and ELQ. Basically. All, right. All right, I'm curious about that. Actually, yeah. I want to switch on my red now to yes. see about it. So you still have flexibility. Yes. The raw flexibility. Yes, yes, yes. But it's just a higher compression, which is All good right. for these type of projects where you don't need, you know, the fine details. Of course. Of and course. It's, still, it's still quite, I mean, it's, it's, probably to the eye, you won't notice straight away the difference between ELQ, LQ, etc. I have one question, though, uh -huh. because sometimes when it comes to compression, the more compressed, the more problems you might have when playing back while editing. That's a huge thing. Uh -huh. Let's say, let's, let's, let's bring out the most classic example, the H.265. Yes, that's, no, no, which no. Which is a nightmare. That's... Don't go there. Yes. Yeah. No, no, no. It's definitely not H265. Like, it's, it's still quite efficient to be honest right. to, to edit. At least I never seen any. I, I mean, I never seen any diff, real difference. So you've tried it, right? And you've yes, edited yes. on it? Yes, 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 yes. What, mentioning editing and uh, workflows and workstations, what are you editing on at the moment? Uh, to be honest, I. Lately, I haven't been editing enough, but because seemingly every project I'm on almost always have like a dedicated and editor. Yeah. But uh, I love DaVinci Resolve, basically. It's a beautiful software, which I'm personally on now also. Okay. I used uh, and I still love Final Cut Pro X because of its... Uh, Never got into that. Unlimited creativity possibilities. Um, it's different. So DaVinci, Premiere, Avid, uh, and all the other software is based on, um, what do you call it, layers, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You switch on layers, add video layers, have audio layers. Uh, if anyone out there have ever used a video editing software, probably it's full of layers. Funny cut removed layers so you okay. don't have those dedicated layers it's still kind of having a layer on top of each other but it's more scattered around so how i describe it how i describe final cut pro um is like having a blank canvas for an artist to it paint is. on starting from literally nothing um but yeah uh, da vinci i saw the huge capabilities to it um, uh -huh. i've started on da vinci Seriously, now it's my second year okay. and I keep on learning on it and discovering it and you can do really good audio on it also uh, and color on yeah, the same software and editing on yeah. the software. Yeah. What, you know what I don't use Fusion. yet? No, uh, Fusion, I don't use it much. Yeah. We use it to create some effects, to be honest. Um, but that's it, to enhance uh -huh. some effects uh -huh. on uh -huh. it, but not anything uh, complicated on it. But the cut page, I, I have I it. never used that. I never got I used never to it. I never used it. Yeah. Because, I mean, usually when you, I mean, I, I previously I used Premiere Pro and the closest section of like uh, resolve to premiere pro would be the edit page not the cut page that's it so you go to on the edit page to start automatically to get familiar, find yourself, that's, yeah. you know 
But I'm sure, like, I mean, who knows how to actually use it efficiently. The cut page could be super quick to do, like a first cut, for example. That, that's what they say. That's yeah. what they say. That's and the I really want to do that because sometimes I really want to have a quick way of doing the first cut, even though, to be honest, I, I find it easy with the normal edit yeah. page. But I'm yeah. sure Blackmagic uh-huh. uh, are so serious about filmmaking, you know, and video content creation, professional video mm-hmm. content creation, uh, that uh, I'm sure that they made it on purpose. Anyway, I'm very glad that we've touched based on editing too. Um, uh, yeah, here we work on MacBooks, uh, Apple, um, yeah, M1, too. M2. We have the M2. What do you call it? Palace, I forgot. Uh, Carlos, I forgot. The Mac Mini, the Mac Mini ah, M2, okay. which we find really good. Um, so yeah, the iMac Pro from 2016, it's still going on. Still going well, on. yeah, that's why we love Apple. And then one who follows Tech Thursday, what out Tech Thursday? Anyone who follows that um, uh, know about that. But I got, I got uh, used and I got loving Apple so much because of work, by the way. Because the moment I jumped uh-huh. in... I mean, there products. are other things they got nice ways how to hook you up, like buying a new device, everything is synced, you just switch it on and suddenly you have everything, so, obviously. We, and we, so, uh, we do a lot of airdrop here yeah, between us. Yeah. and I'm device. sure Android uh, is the same, but I'm sure there are different, with, one, yeah. with one brand, kind of, it's hard to change, very hard. Th- that's the thing. Um, so uh, if it's Apple or Android, they want you both in your ecosystem, their ecosystem. Clive, I think it's time to showcase uh, the camera you're using now, which you sure. said is your kind of favorite tech at the moment. Yes. Some anticipation, I know oh, which okay. one is it, but yeah, there it is. Okay. Let me move a bit my laptop. It's the red V Raptor, yes. it's called, right? Yeah, what about this huge, beautiful, equipped camera? Um, I mean, it's, it's basically a Vista Vision sensor, which is similar to fr- full frame, just slightly bigger, like 10% bigger, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? I mean, shoots 8K, 120 FPS, um, obviously R3D, raw. Um, I guess that... <laughs> it does the job. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. does the job, definitely. Um, and... Let's say uh, we mentioned Red Komodo. Red Komodo, just for, to, to put you in the picture, um, it has a Super 35 um, sensor. Yes, yes, it does. Uh, so, yeah, this has an even bigger sensor than a full frame. Yes, yes. What's the benefit of that? I mean, larger sensors um, typically have better low light, usually, and depth of field, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also has a different, I mean, it's, it's a different look, which is not necessarily better. It's just, you know, yeah, a different. in yeah, fact, yeah. I mean, uh, while today uh, large format is quite popular, mm-hmm. Super 35 will always still be popular because there's so Film. many incredible lenses which are in Super 35. So exactly. Yeah. And many films were shot, right? In Super 35. Yeah. Well, I mean, at the moment, one of the most popular cameras is the RE35, exactly. which is, exactly. you know, um, a Super 35 camera. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting, obviously. Um, huge. Uh, I think it's quite heavy also. Uh, it kind of is. You can try it. Can I try it? Yes. Ooh. 
Clive, can I see your bicep? Uh. A tricep, <laughs> please. Joking <laughs> uh, apart, I think that people are curious how much this setup costs. Uh-huh. Maybe let's start with the camera only. So forget uh, yeah. the med box, forget uh-huh. batteries, forget monitors, just the camera, which is just well, this box here. At, well, basically, um, unlike like a, a usual like a DSLR or mirrorless where you buy, you know, the body and you have basically everything you can shoot, red sells, sells basically the brain. Exactly. And then you have to put accessories in order to make it operational. So the brain alone, I think, I don't know exactly, I haven't checked, but I think it was around like 24, 25 maybe. The brain alone. Yes, yes. And then you accessorize it and obviously. It <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I've noticed like, that it's something you really like, right? Excuse um, me? Ricking up a camera is something you really love. Um, I wouldn't say really love to be really honest. neat. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> it's I don't go every day trying to rig it differently yeah. or trying to yeah. done as I mean, I, I'm happy with, for example, I set up and that's it, but it's not something which, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, it's something which it's, you it's need. It's also very difficult to, to rig cameras in motor sometimes because there's, there's not Small like, parts. yeah, for example, most of the time I have to go abroad. I mean, as when I bought this in order to, to have my accessories and everything, I had to go abroad to actually test everything out because if you don't do that you you'll end up buying everything online and hoping that and the, hoping it will be a good fit yes and or it would you know suit your needs or everything once i went to london to cvp i think you went to the same place if yeah, I'm not mistaken. yes uh, yeah i've been to london to cvp to cvp london, london and you bought that the, this from there right because now, yes now yes. they can ship to eu with the same yes 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 price yes, and yes. everything because they have an EU store because during COVID times um, that was a problem. Of course, you once COVID, not COVID, Brexit, Brexit, Brexit. Brexit. Once Brexit, uh, I mean, hit, hit, hit us, you know, yeah. and we're starting getting texts. Uh, they had duty. to think of alternatives. It was a, it was a nightmare because theoretically, like 80-90% of the things we buy is from the UK. There's no other like actual supplier which comes close to, I mean, in terms of service of and course. efficiency and everything. You know? So this beauty came from Belgium? Yeah, technically, yes. Technically, yes. Yes, yes. yes. But, but from UK. And it saw Malta. Come again? It saw Malta with its own sensor, with its own eye. And any other countries you've been to? Uh, where I shot with this? Mm. Um, the, the UK. Uh, Kenya, if I'm not mistaken? No, that was Ghana. Ghana, 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 uh, UK. Uh, that's it. Uh, I think cool, in, uh, cool. with this camera, let cool. me say that. Yeah, yeah. That's very interesting, life. Um, yeah, it's it's always nice to have such a beauty on our podcasting table here. I want to finish with something, uh, which is the future of filmmaking and tech at the same time. I mean, so, you okay. know where I'm getting? Yeah, I mean, virtual production will, will yeah. get bigger. Um, obviously, uh, it's, it's, it's quite, I mean, it's quite difficult because it's huge technology. Like it's, you, you need, know, you need a, yes, a studio yes, for yes, it yes, with a lot exactly, of space, exactly. right? Which technically there is one studio at the moment in Malta. Rapture. Rapture. Yeah. Yep. I want to get Rapture. one of the guys here. Oh, of course. Of course. They, they are the basically, I mean, <laughs> the they're guys the guys to, to go yes, to for yes, virtual, yes, virtual yes, production. Yes. 
Um, obviously, I know what's virtual, virtual production, but I want you to briefly explain to whoever is following us, and maybe he's not into filmmaking, but he's into uh, the behind the scenes of film or commercials. Okay. What's virtual production? So basically, virtual production is um, shooting up, shooting against an LED volume, basically. Rather than using a, a green screen. Yes, that's the idea yeah, I guess about it yes but then there are more technicalities there's more there depth are a into lot it, yeah? yes especially like uh, I shot on virtual production where we had we did we, I mean it's one thing shooting a talking head against the screen of course which is static uh, yeah or or having like seeing a whole background in the ground so mm -hmm. you have to kind of uh, marry the actual real life to the screen, which is obviously much, much, much harder. Much harder, and the the tricky part is uh, uh, there. There are a lo lots of moving parts, to be honest, um, including the sensors you put on the camera, yes. right? To 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 be able to know your movement yeah, in that space. Kind yes, of, basically. The, space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So the background can move exactly. To but you there are other. There are there are other obviously challenges like for example lighting is a is kind of a challenge like especially when you go for daylight mm -hmm. basically uh, you can't theoretically um, mimic mimic I mean you can mimic but to, to a certain extent for example sunlight with, with in studio obviously of course you're using yeah, light the sun, the sun the is so far away so it's, far away that the way I mean light you. reacts to it's distance true. obviously it's very difficult especially when it's a small smaller studio yeah. you know yeah so when I when we shot there you put a light anywhere you'd have uh, on one side you you probably have like two or three stops more than on the left side for yeah. example yeah You'll also have what's shadows. That, what's that contrast ratio called? Uh, it's the fall of... Uh, oh, yeah. Whatever yeah. it's called, anyway. Yeah. Oh, come on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, the law of... You're so good. Wait, wait. Fall of law name. Sometimes... Uh, wait, because I have everything on Google. Oh, Google's giving me everything apart from... Fall of law name. Light. Uh... Oh, yeah, the inverse square law. All right. I just yes. remembered right. the law. Yeah, because of how the inverse square law of how light, you know, travels, you know, through through a space. Obviously, it's quite challenging to recreate the sun. So you'll have so much more exposure on one side closest to the light compared to mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. further yeah. away. Obviously, yeah. with, with the sun, it's quite even because it's very far away. Also, you'd have shadows, you know, you'd have shadows going all <laughs> directions, you know. So in order to do that, we went through lots of modifications, trying lots of flagging and nets and everything to try to, you know. And you managed to make it? Yes, make it? Uh, yes. I, you, I, you were happy yes, with that? Yes, 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 ah, yes. That's good, that's good. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's an area which I'm very keen to see where uh -huh. uh, it will uh, head and mm -hmm. advance yeah. further, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's from a lighting perspective, uh, not from a lighting only, everything, I mean, you have to adjust, you have to have to learn, it's not just, you're not going to go there and just No, shoot. and just shoot, of course. You have to do some tests and you have to, I mean, there's a lot to learn, I think we haven't, we've, we've just catches. Just... <laughs> but, um, uh-huh. Um, basically, you have to mimic, especially for exteriors, you know, in reality, like, it's not just putting the sun, you know? In reality, when you're outside, 
the sun is not the only source, you know, there's the reflections of the sky, the yeah, reflections of, of the building, of you course. know, of course. there's so much, so much, you know, yeah, so many so things, basically yeah. try to, the more you try to, you know, emulate that. It's uh, true, yeah. it's true, it's true. Um, if you heard the noise, that was uh, the garage next to our uh, studio space think. opening. Yeah. So, uh, final final thoughts on AI, let's say. I had to mention this. Does it scare me? Because it scares some people. Other people say it's the new computers, which scared people before. Yeah, what's, your, what's your take on this? Uh, first and foremost... Um, I haven't really gotten too much into it, to be honest, yet. Um, no one has. Okay. No matter good. what anyone says. <laughs> okay, good. No one has. I mean, does it scare me? I mean, I'm not thinking about AI every day. Maybe I, sh maybe we should, but I don't know. I think. Uh, I think. Uh, I. You know what I think? Uh, it what will think? be just another tool. Another That's what tool. I think. But let's say it replaces jobs. I mean. Or, or else maybe uh, changes jobs. So changes, yeah. Maybe some basic stuff can mm -hmm. be done by AI, mm -hmm. and us will be more powered, to kind do, of, yes. to do other stuff, which is much more interesting. So the boring tasks um, uh, can be done by like AI what, eventually, example? like cutting and editing a podcast. Uh, okay, yes, not, that's already happening. Yeah, right? it's happening, of course. And, and we definitely use AI for some stuff here, but uh, I think our biggest thing here when using AI is never use it in such a way that we, we're just copying and pasting and that's it, mm -hmm. you know. Fine, you can start a brainstorm session with AI. Mm -hmm. Why not? Of course. But then we let our creative minds mm -hmm. go anywhere else. No, I think I mean, cutting with AI is amazing. Oh, then obviously you need like human... Of course. Touch of actually, you know, <laughs> done. But if you, if AI does the dirt work, I think that uh, AI yeah. will empower us. Uh, that's how I like to think about mm -hmm. it. I'm sure it will have its own disadvantages, disadvantages like anything else. But that's how I see it. So you're not scared from AI. Yeah. Anyway. But to be honest, I'm not like literally thrilled or amazed by the AI imagery or work. I'm sure oh, they yeah, have a place, yeah, but it's not sure. something which which I care about. Exactly. Exactly. But it depends. Uh -huh. Yeah. It depends on. Or, in, for example, in I will never choose an AI painting over a real artist. Obviously, I think because the value of art, in my opinion, is because it's human. If, if you remove that, I mean, you might create the same product, but one of them costs it's one true. cent, the other, you know. It's true. <laughs> there is obviously the argument that behind that AI, there's a human being also. So oh, uh, the the, the art <laughs> won't the art won't create by itself. At the end of the day. An AI needs some kind of input from a human uh -huh. being. So, but that's something else. Art is yeah. so complicated. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was really interesting to have you here and to have you uh, talking about interesting points like virtual production, filming, cameras, editing, AI. We touch based on a lot of stuff today. Clive, thank you for being here. Uh, one you. final advice for uh -huh. whoever wants to start in video content production and filmmaking. Ah, um, I mean, today, everyone, everyone have access to a camera that's on your phone. I remember way before, um, way, way before, obviously, I actually got into filmmaking, where the first phones with video camera came out, you know, and I was astonished, like, 
you know, I wasn't into filmmaking at all at that time. I but mean. it was like a moving but, but still, sort I was, of I was amazed that with a phone I can like capture, you know, a, a clip, you know, and you know, it's it's the phones back then, you know, so, like decade and a half or no, probably more uh, ago. Uh, they had, I mean, they were very, you know, v very raw and. Of course. Uh, of Compared course. to today, with, with an iPhone, you also have log and progress and everything. It's amazing. Today, basically, you have a prosumer camera. It's you know? true. It's true. With, with a phone. So, basically, all you need to do is just shoot. You know, there's, there's no barriers anymore. Anyone can shoot. What's holding you back if you want to yeah. get into this industry? Exactly. I mean, we're not saying that it's easy somehow. No, because people, no, people, sometimes people think that it's just glamorous. Oh, and, no. And that not. we tend to use such sexy gear and meet a lot of cool people. But that, that's part of but it. But it's not. Uh, we do. Um, and it's lovely. But it's not all. Uh, yes. So, yeah, work hard, achieve it. Thank you for being here. That's it, Thank guys. Um, uh, see you next Thursday. Literally. Ciao.